0: Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, also known as IMHIP. In this podcast, we focus on all things surrounding the Illinois Medicaid Managed Care Program. Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm the Sam and Sam Says, and today I'm so happy to welcome back my dear friend and IMHIP trusted partner, Phil Stahlberger, VP of Public Affairs at MTM, to talk about uh, social determinants of health and social influencers of health through transportation. Phil, so good to have you back.
1: Great to be back, Samantha. Thank you so much for having me on again.
0: And I just love talking with you and talking with MTM because I really feel, first and foremost, transportation is one of those you know, huge unmet health-related social needs. So we know that. But what I think is really amazing and what I, why I love talking to you guys is that I think MTM takes that seriously and is regularly thinking about, we know this is a challenge for the people we serve. We know that it's so critical and what can we do and how can we do more? And I think that both from sort of a corporate stewardship perspective and just a human perspective is really... Amazing. So thank you for taking the time to sort of walk through all of that today with us. And can you kind of just provide an overview of like what you do at MTM in that space and, and how you're, you know, moving the conversation and actually like the outcomes forward.
1: Yeah, certainly. And let me just um, kind of take a step back and kind of provide some, some numbers um, to kind of level set too. So across the country, Yeah, MTM handles 8 million calls a year. Uh, We're serving 14 million members uh, every year. Uh, We have 21 uh, call center, uh, 21 states that we have call center agents in. And when you think of the 20 million trips that we are booking annually across the country, the one thing I really appreciate is that, you know, we've been around since 1995 and we're in 35 states. But every time I think annually we look at who are we serving, how are we serving them and why? And this is all non-emergency transportation. Um, how do we bring the best of other states to Illinois? And how do we really look for partners to make sure that we really have the the utmost um, thought in how we're serving the members? And so I think, yes, when we take a look at transportation for um, all of our members, uh, first you look at where are they located? Are they in an urban setting? Are they in a, a rural setting? And then, what does transportation look like for each of them? Uh, certainly, if you're in you know the middle of Chicago, it looks differently than you're in a rural part of Illinois. And so what do we do differently and how do we do it? And I would say we truly look for partners. And by partners, yes, the transportation provider is certainly a partner of ours because they, they have to be it. And when you look at the broad definition of a transportation provider, that could be anything from public transit, to wheelchair vehicle, um, you know, you name it. It has to be kind of the planes, trains, and automobiles of so transportation. And you really have to make sure that we are serving the member by, by making sure they have the right ride at the right time. And it might sound easy for any of us who um, can get around uh, easy, but uh, for many Medicaid members, it's challenging. First, they have a condition, right? They have a medical condition that they need transportation. So how do we meet them where they're at. Do they need a wheelchair vehicle? Yes. then we'll go from, from there. But when you look at all of kind of social influences of health, certainly transportation is part of that. Um, Housing is part of that. Education is also part. And so there are so many, there's, you know, five or six different social determinants of health or social influences of health that really try to make sure we're taking care of the whole person. And to do that, not only does it take us to have a good relationship with the transportation provider, um, but also the health plan and the MCOs, and how do we work with their care coordination teams to make sure that you know this member has you know special needs or they need X, Y, Z, and really make sure that we are you know locking into that needs of the individual. And that's what we think uh, is important for uh, MCOs, and states, and us to make sure if we're really going to help people become healthier, let's look at a whole person's health and make sure that we can provide them to, um, services, whether it's, you know, education, job training, um, you know, affordable housing, you name it. I think a lot of MCOs and health plans are thinking about things differently today than they were thinking about, um, health, maybe 10, 20 years ago. And it really is uh, much more comprehensive than maybe we all, uh, kind of treated it maybe 25 years ago. So It really has become um, something that we care deeply about. And when you think of MTM, we we are the largest uh, privately held transportation uh, broker in the country, and our founders came from Managed Care and Social Services. So we do care deeply uh, about Medicaid members. That's kind of who we serve. That's why we exist, frankly. That's the only reason we exist. And to make sure that we're taking care of them is uh, job number one for us.
0: Oh, I love so much of what you said, Phil. And first and foremost, just that—that that deep compassion and commitment to the members um, is is critical. It's something that both you and I, and then you know, I'm even MTM have in common. Is just that that real recognition of the importance of medicaid to the members lives but to our society as a whole and the recognition that we need that strong social safety net to support our neighbors and our community and then what i really love is sort of you highlighted that the need may be the same right like in you know peoria or in cairo or in austin the need for transportation assistance is it may be the same but the solution is going to look really different depending on where members live and who your partners are in those areas. You know, do you have reliable uh, transportation providers or do you need to be more creative in certain areas? Or is there just... um you know, not as many anymore. I mean, we've seen that in the pandemic, right? Like post-pandemic and during the pandemic, a lot of those um, transportation providers, uh, the, again, non-emergency transportation providers, you know, closed their doors or just said, I, you know, they're close to retirement anyway, like we're going to retire now, like we're going to call it. And mm-hmm. so it's really required you guys to be more creative, more responsive, um, and to go back to the drawing board, you know, throughout this um, you know, throughout this this past few years, and can you sort of talk a little bit about what you guys have done to sort of, you know, meet those transportation needs and to really help address transportation inequities
1: absolutely. And you're exactly right. and And uh, I would say, you know, yes, we've been around since nineteen ninety five and the issues we faced back then are much different than today, but to your point, even in the past two, three years since the pandemic, and you're absolutely right, uh, Illinois has similar issues and um, uh, areas of opportunities that other states do in that a lot of transportation providers did close their doors, Um, whether it's because of the pandemic or due to the pandemic, yes, we're seeing a driver shortage across the entire country. And that poses an issue for us to rethink about how we put together a network. So a transportation network company or a TNC commonly referred to as Uber or Lyft um, is something that people didn't think, you know, could exist in Medicaid maybe even five years ago, much less two years ago. And because of the um, fewer number of transportation providers, we tend to use, lift in areas we can. Now, certainly they're going to be more prevalent in, to your point, uh, you know, in Chicagoland area versus, you know, rural parts of Illinois. So we're going to have that capability in a more uh, metro area. But another thing that we're doing is looking at, um, we call it, you know, IDPs, an independent driver, and how do we help them? So we also know that there are people like us who just want to serve people and help. And we can actually help train drivers um, to just serve Medicaid members. And again, we know whether they're a, a volunteer or a you know veteran, uh, former nurse. They just want to help, but they you know for whatever reason they want to start um, transporting people. We can actually help them become a transportation provider and really help us kind of build out the network across the entire state. And I think that's one thing that uh, we've been pleased with is in talking to. Uh, partners, uh, how do we make sure that we have access? So, you know, again, whether it's using Lyft in a metro area, using an independent person uh, in rural parts of of Illinois, really helps us continue to build our network in ways we didn't think it could exist, you know even three years ago. So are there challenges? Absolutely. I would say that you know within Medicaid, sometimes transportation has the most number of moving parts. Um, and we all need to work together for the common goal of making sure that we have people um, that can take others to and from their appointments that's our you know job number one so uh, looking at how we do our network differently Um, and in Illinois there's obviously some additional regulations such as the BEP spend that Illinois requires of all of the health plans and so you know, how does Mtm fit into that? And I think we've covered that maybe in a in a podcast in in recent times. but you know when we increased a uh, BP spend for an MCO two hundred and fifty percent of what they were uh, a year over year, that makes a huge difference. And our network has definitely changed in the past two, three years, and it's going to continue to change. Uh, there are things that we're not thinking about uh, with Medicaid today. They're going to come up you know five years from now. So how do we help prepare? Our entire network, but also healthcare providers. Um, we know hospitals, clinics, um, they want to make sure that they're taking care of their members and so do we. So how do we work together? How do we partner together to make sure that we're bringing the best um, transportation options forward to Medicaid members?
0: Oh, I love that, Phil. I love the idea of Finding those people in our communities that just want to be helpers. And I feel like there are so many of them. And, you know, I think it's easy to sort of get down on humanity or feel like, you know, just sort of upset with wherever, you know, society is and feeling like there aren't um, enough people who want to help. But if you really take a moment and you look, you can find so many who have just amazing hearts and want to strengthen their community and want to serve those in need. And I love that not only are you doing that, you know, for like your own human perspective and now mine, like I love that there are nurses and veterans and others that sort of want to help these folks who need it, who are going to like dialysis appointments or cancer appointments and the idea that they're helping those, their neighbors get to where they need to go, but then also really meeting the needs of our our, our program, the Medicaid program and Medicaid members, and whether that is through partnerships with Lyft, again, sort of like unheard of a few years ago. Um, and we've really seen, I think, some of the success that I'm, I'll ask you about, but also, you know, just being really creative in other areas where that's not an option and not just sort of saying, oh, that's not an option. Like, it's just, we're just going to have to accept You know these challenges and i just don't think that's what mtm's done they've said no we're gonna get we're gonna go back to the drawing board and we're gonna find ways to close these gaps and serve our members and i love that and you know i hope you can talk a little bit about through those efforts you know what are some of the results you've seen what has been you know most uplifting or positive and sort of gives you hope as we look out into the next few years and this continually challenging area but so Critical area.
1: Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, When you look at you know our network, and certainly one, let's just you know, there's so many factors that can impact transportation. You can have uh, road construction. You could have weather. You could have uh, COVID. You know, whether a, a member has COVID or a driver has COVID. You know, one or two vehicles that are taken out of a fleet in a given day can literally. Gonna ruin not just the member's day from not getting to their appointment, um, but also their entire uh, that company's manifest for all the trips and can kind of snowball into other problems. So one thing that we've seen is, you know, I'd say in the past, if a traditional transportation provider wasn't able to pick up a member, whether they had a flat tire, whether they were stuck in traffic, um, you know, you name it, uh, sometimes those trips um, didn't happen and that member didn't get to their appointment. And what we can do is, you know, we have the technology to kind of see on a map. You take the entire state of Illinois, and we can have, a, you know, which which cars are green on a screen, which ones are red, which ones are in transit, uh, how can we reroute them. We know, for example, that they may not be able to, a transportation provider may not be able to pick up a member in five minutes, so we can dispatch somebody else. And that is the beauty of our partnership with Lyft in that, Um, if it's a last minute trip, if somebody is stuck in in traffic or has a flat tire, some car problems, we can dispatch somebody else to make sure, um, that that member gets there. And what that does is one, you have fewer missed trips and that's what everybody wants. Everybody everybody wants to make sure that, um, the member gets to and from their appointment. And so the, the numbers look better, um, you minimize complaints, right? So if the member gets to their appointment, um, they're gonna be happy, they're gonna get to their doctor's appointment, they're not gonna have to reschedule. And what we're seeing is just kind of overall better client satisfaction, but also better health. And again, I think we've talked about the return on investment for transportation. If people are getting their their day-to-day, you know, their their shots, their immunizations, their their well visits, the well baby visits, as well as their cancer treatments, you know, dialysis, et cetera people are going to be healthier. So not only are you ensuring you're not missing trips, but you're improving client satisfaction and which, you know, everybody should be looking at is you're also improving the health of the individual. And that's our, that's our overall goal in this is to make sure that people get to where they need to, to make sure that we are improving their health. And that's the biggest thing that we can, we can offer.
0: Absolutely. And I I love that you really sort of put into context what a missed trip is, right? Like, it's not just a number on a spreadsheet, like, oh, 70% of the trips were made, 30% were missed. Um, Although I'm sure there's reporting that, you know, in that manner. However, those are those are well baby visits, those are prenatal visits, those are, you know, school physicals and immunizations, and those are chemotherapy treatments and dialysis Mm -hmm. treatments and specialist appointments that can be really hard to make. And so there's sort of this like downstream effect of if there's a missed trip. It is a lost opportunity for health right like either preventative or curative and it gets it gets, just gets complicated and it can add frustration from the members perspective and and erode trust in the healthcare system writ large and so closing that gap improving patient satisfaction has wonderful positive ripple effects on our overall health as a community and as a Medicaid program and as a state. And so I love that you know, you guys have been able to sort of, through a really challenging time, taken advantage of certain opportunities, either develop them or taken advantage of them, in a way to, like you said, improve the health of the members we're serving. So thank you so much, Phil, not only for joining me today, but for continuing to make a difference with MTM and really meeting Medicaid members where they are and taking them where they need to go.
1: Absolutely, thank you. And thank you for your commitment as well. I and mean, this is a partnership and, and we appreciate being a part of the community and really uh, striving to make sure everybody lives a healthier life
0: absolutely and that is why we love having mtm as a trusted partner so again thank you so very much and for our listeners to learn about i'm hip and to listen to other interesting podcasts like this one today and to also learn about becoming a trusted partner like mtm we encourage you to visit our website at i'mhip.org and of course don't forget to like and follow us on facebook linkedin and twitter i'm samantha olds fry the sam and sam says thank you for joining us and until next time Be well and stay safe.